0: Know, we're starting our Bible study in Deuteronomy next Wednesday, and uh, Sunday I'll give kind of, kind of a um, kind of an overview of what we're going to be doing. But uh, we're going to take our time going through it. But we're going to do it in sections. Uh, the first section is going to be I think chapters one through four. But we're not going to do chapters one through four one night because it's so much to um, get through and. I don't want to drain the swimming pool with the straw. As I heard a man say in a a preaching workshop one time, we don't want to drain the swimming pool with a straw. So um, we'll start that next week. Uh, Deuteronomy, this will be our last worldview uh, series uh, message. We've been doing this since February, believe it or not. Uh, We started back in February looking at the, the different worldviews and then looking at the Christian worldview and when I was driving down here from Piedmont uh, earlier this evening, I was thinking to myself that um, I, sh- I pray that uh, all that we've been studying the last few months has equipped us as a church and equipped you all as uh, members to understand the world through biblical lens and understand what we see happening in the world through a biblical lens and being able to address what we see in culture with people that we know and have equity with you know people that we have good relations with people that we can talk to comfortably about being able to explain what we see in the world because that is very important for us as believers uh, to do. Uh, as I said earlier Christianity is a is an intellectual religion it's a thinking man's religion and the Bible challenges us all to do that uh, to look at uh, logic and reason through scripture and what scripture says and how scripture defines categories and how man seeks to rebel against those and we see that taking place so tonight you know we talked about body image the last two Wednesday nights. Tonight we're going to allude to that a little bit, but we're going to look at the uh, topic of idolatry and the biblical worldview. And we're going to look at it from the lens of uh, celebrity in culture and how the celebrity world is an idolatrous world. And so, just as a, a starting point, let's let's turn to 1 Corinthians the 10th chapter. And this is uh Paul um, addressing idolatry to the Corinthian church. Remember Paul's letters uh, to the churches, especially uh, the Corinthian uh, letters, addressed issues that were uh, plaguing that church. He wrote three letters. Uh, two of them are in Scripture, uh, but he wrote three letters to this church of corinthians because man they were in the midst of a highly pagan culture so in this section right here paul talks about old testament examples of idolatry so we're going to look at verses um 1 through 14 and then circle back uh, to focus on uh, verse 14 so paul writes this to them under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He says, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant or unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, all ate the same spiritual food, all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ but with most of them God was not well pleased and we when we went through Genesis especially Exodus and Leviticus and numbers we saw the displeasing acts that Israel um, you know committed against God he says but with most uh, most of them God was not well pleased for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness and the bodies of course were the generation that did not believe, those who were uh, over the age of 20, uh, who, when uh, the spies went into the land and out land and came back, that 10 uh, spies represented 10 tribes uh, didn't think that they could conquer the promised land, but uh, Joshua and Caleb did. So at that point, God had uh, sentenced those who were over the age of 20 to die in the wilderness uh, because they did not uh, believe. So they died out those 40 years and that's why their bodies were scattered in uh, the wilderness. So Paul says why do we see those things? So what is one of the purposes of the Old Testament? He says it in verse 6. These things became our example. Okay. So we have Old Testament examples uh, for what? To the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted okay so they died in the wilderness because of their rebellion against god okay and paul said and these were the examples so you had uh lusting after evil things and then verse 7 and do not become idolaters as were some of them as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink, and rose up to play. This is from Genesis 32. When Paul, I mean, I'm sorry, Moses was in the mountain, and um, you know the, the people felt that he took too long. Moses was receiving the word of the Lord, and so the people uh, coaxed Aaron into you know them making a the golden calf. So they took off all their jewelry and everything, melted it down, and made the uh, golden calf. And they began to dance around. That's what the scripture says that they rose. Up to eat and drink and, and play and that was in Exodus 32 he says now let us nor let us commit sexual immorality and some of them did and in one day 23,000 fail nor let us tempt Christ and some of them also tempted and were destroyed by the serpents nor complain as some of them also complained, and were destroyed by the destroyer now all these things happen to them as examples and they were written for our admonition. Admonition is basically like instruction. Okay. Upon whom the ends of the ages come. Therefore, let whom he thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful. That's that but God, one of the, the great Uh, phrases and scriptures but God but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it therefore verse 14 my beloved brethren free from idolatry so therefore means considering everything he just said From the beginning of this 10th chapter. Flee from idolatry. Okay. Why? Because. God won't. uh, There's no temptation that will overtake you. Except that it's coming to man. But God is faithful. God will. um, Not allow you to be tempted. So because of that. You flee. From idolatry. So we're looking at idolatry. And Paul gave examples. It was. The great sin of Idolatry. But that was one of the great sins in the wilderness that uh, plagued the Israelites. It was the sin of idolatry. Worshipping, basically uh, taking a good thing and making it a God thing, an ultimate thing. They began, they, they went from worshiping God as the only true God to worshiping created things. And that's what they did. As it is uh, chronicled in Exodus 32, they worshiped the golden calf. They said, "This is who brought us out of Egypt." Okay, so they went straight from worshiping God, hearing the Ten Commandments, to worshiping a calf. They committed idolatry, and God was angry with them. Moses had to come down out of the mountain. And he dropped the tablets because he, you know, because of what he saw, and he had to intercede for them, because God could have just wiped all of them out just like that he had every prerogative to do so but it was because of the sin of idolatry and so God I think he killed about 3,000 of them uh, on, on the spot so idolatry is one of the great sins in our uh, culture and so when we, we talk about this about body image when we don't Mirror and image God. Remember, we're all image bearers of God. We're made as image bearers of God. And that means we have to always be reminded that we are created to, to uh, reflect, mirror, and image God. That's what it means to be an image bearer. Let us make man in our image. The image God means to reflect, to mirror, and to, and to image him. But through our sin... We have the tendency to, uh, as opposed to reflecting God, we fall into two idolatrous options. The first one is we worship ourselves, we gaze upon ourselves. This uh, reminds me of, uh, all, all I frequently reference uh, Abraham Maslow. He was a psychologist, 20th century psychologist. He had this chart called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. And he said that uh, the greatest human need is self-actualization, which is idolatry, being your best self. You probably hear people saying that, living their best life, reaching their full potential. That is self-actualization. You're actualizing your true, authentic self, your best self. You're living your, you know, I've said this before, you hear people say, oh, they're living their best life. That's self-actualization. That is idolatry. Because you're worshiping yourself. You hear people talk about self-love. The, the, the best thing I had to do for myself was to learn self-love. You hear people say that. You hear, hear celebrities say that. You hear influencers say that. You know, I was going through this. I was going through this trauma. And I had to learn self-love. Self-love is just idolatry. Masqueraded as uh, piety. And then the second option is we worship other people. We reflect or uh mirror or image another person or a group of people to their glory. And this accounts for the rise of uh what I call uh racial idolatry or Sexual rebellion idolatry where people uh, idolize their so-called sexual orientation, which there is no such thing as a sexual orientation, by the way. But people who idolatry, uh, I mean, uh, make idols out of their so-called sexual identity. They idolize it. They want you to worship them. Well, people worship their skin color. Okay. Um... They're pro this, they're pro-black. You, know, you can't be pro-white because, you know, white supremacy. Uh, but you can be pro-black, it's okay. okay. That's the way our culture is. I'm saying that sarcastically tongue-in-cheek, of course. But if you're white, you can't be proud to be white. Why? Because you're an oppressor. But if, you're, if you have brown skin like I do, I can say I'm, I'm proud to be black all day because guess what? I, I belong to a, quote, oppressed people group. But that's still idolatry because I'm worshiping something that I had absolutely nothing to do with. I had absolutely nothing to do with what color my skin was going to be. Nothing. So why should I be proud of something that that I didn't accomplish? It's not accomplishment to be born with melanin in my skin. I I didn't accomplish anything (laughs) by doing that. So why should I be proud of that? That's idolatry. That's worshiping other people. So you see how powerful idolatry is. You can worship a president, people who worship Trump, people who worship Obama, people who worship Anthony Fauci. You know, during 2020, you know, falling on every word that he said, watching him on all these interviews. He's a narcissist. He was was everywhere. Now he's a pariah. Nobody likes him (laughs) because he lied to us. But during the height of... He was he was he was on TV every day, multiple times a day. Why? Because people worship him and he wanted to be worshipped. He said himself, I am science. That's what he said of himself. So those are the two idolatrous options, worshiping ourselves or worshiping other people. And so through the first, we see. Narcissism, where we worship ourselves, self-love, self-help, self-actualization. It's all about I, I, and I. Me, mine, okay? It, 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 everything is about me. Everything is about my. Everything is about what, what belongs to me, what I deserve, what I need to get, what I'm worth. That's narcissism, and that's what our culture likes. And narcissism comes from the uh, Greek myth of, of uh, Narcissus. And Narcissus was a, I, I think the story was, uh, he was a, 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 a Greek mythological figure who looked at himself in uh, a pond or a, a, a body of water. And he just gazed at himself. And gazed at his image the whole time until he, he starved to death. Because he was so in love with his self. He was so in love with how he looked. He was so in love with how he looked that he began to worship himself until he died. That is narcissism. And then you have, of course, idolatry where you want to be worshipped. You take the mirror of your life. And you reflect it to other people. And this is the cause of the celebrity culture that we have. This is why. People want to be. Worshipped. This is why we have celebrities. This is why we have famous people. This is why we have people going on social media. And become so popular. Because why? They want to be worshipped. There was a man named Drew Pinsky. He was a radio personality. Uh, back in the early. Like 2010. He used to have a show. I think it was on E! uh, The E! Network. He was Dr. Drew Pinsky. He was like the the psychologist to the stars. And uh, he wrote a book that I read called The Mirror Effect. It was called The Mirror Effect. How Celebrity Narcissism is Seducing America. He's a psychologist. He was a talk show host. And he's an atheist. But he wrote a book pointing out That people are suffering from the effects of mirroring other people. He made a very good point when he said we no longer have role models. We have celebrities. If you think about it, people don't talk about role models anymore. When I was growing up, it was all about role models. About having role models. About looking to people as role models. We don't have role models anymore. We have celebrities. We have famous people. Role models were usually like the school teacher at your local public school, or perhaps your pastor, or perhaps someone in your family. Usually role models were people that you knew. I'll never forget Charles Barkley. He did his famous Nike commercial back at the height of his popularity. He says, I'm not a role model. And that was seen as controversial. I'll never get that Nike commercial. I now remember the controversy around it because Charles Barkley was bouncing the ball on the court and everything. It was Nike commercial saying, I'm not your role model. And you know what? there we go okay so back to what I was saying um, we no longer have role models but we have celebrities and that's a problem in our culture that's a breakdown of our culture where um, people who we don't even know we think we know these people because we follow them on social media right or we see them on television we think that we know them we treat them as if we know them. But guess what? We don't know them at all. And they don't know us. And they don't care about us at all. So Drew Piskey said, um, people are suffering from the effects, and this is in 2010, again when he wrote the book, that people are suffering from the effects of mirroring other people. And he pointed out the problem with celebrity culture. And again, he's an atheist. But even as an atheist, through common grace, when we talked about common grace uh, a couple weeks ago versus special grace. Common grace is that general knowledge that God gives everyone. Okay? Most people can see, you know, through common grace, believers and unbelievers can agree that murder is wrong. And that's a common grace issue. So Dr. Uh, Penske said the same thing. They, uh, he agrees that with Christians that celebrity culture can be dangerous celebrities model behavior and then culture models the behavior that they see why do you think (laughs) it was so funny I was at um, okay I'm at the light in traffic and you know sometimes I'm looking at people around me whatever and I look to my left and it's a young lady doing like this you know, it was like right at the light. And I just chuckled to myself. And then they, they kind of looked at me and chuckled, too, because they're like this old guy, you know, looking at them. But she just, she's at the light, just, you know, did a little selfie or whatever. And then I was like, okay, she's. <laughs> so I was just, I was just laughing because that's, that's a product of our culture now. That culture mirrors the behavior that we see uh, celebrities do. John Calvin, the great reformer, said to image God is to mirror God. That's what it means. To image God means to mirror God. And that's where role models should come in. Role models should be those people who mirror and image God to us. Role models are more, I think, exemplary than celebrities are. Because we don't know how celebrities are truly living behind the scenes. We just see what they put out to us. And guess what they are going to put out to us? They're going to put out to us the best moments of their life or what they perceive are the best moments of their life. They want you to see that they're always at the beach vacationing or that they have the perfect body or that they have the perfect wife or they have the hot wife, the handsome husband that everybody wants. They have the best dressed children. They stay in the biggest houses with the widest walls. drive the most expensive cars and they're putting that out there so you can say man I wish I had that but role models we should think of them as people who have lived an exemplary exemplary life a model life not a perfect life but a life of integrity and we will imitate them Uh, Hebrews 13 talks about imitating uh, leaders, in imitating godly leaders. But the world is not about imitating godliness. The world is about imitating celebrity. And that is idolatry. That is idolatrous. That is idolatrous. If you think about the term uh, influencer, y'all heard that term before, right? What is an influencer? Think about that word. What does it mean to influence someone? Huh? What does it mean to influence someone? If you're having an influence on someone, what, do, what does it mean to influence? To lead someone. To lead someone in a certain direction. So social media, you have social media influencers. That's like an actual job. <laughs> you know, you hear, you hear a person describe as a TikTok influencer or an Instagram influencer or just a social media influencer. Their word influence means something. They want, their, their, their job is to influence you to mirror and image them, to worship them or to mirror and image a, a product or a certain look. They want to influence you. Hey, buy this. Hey, look like this. Live like this. Dress like this. Talk like this. Make your face look like this. They're influencers. And what they're doing is influencing you toward idolatry. So because of reality TV, which is still a thing. You know, I mean, housewives shows are out now. It's about 12 or 13 of them. The Real Housewives of this. It always starts in one city. And now it's about 12, 10 or 12 cities. <laughs> and then you got the We Network, which is all reality shows. And the thing is, those shows are not even reality. They are scripted. There's nothing reality about them. But why are they doing these shows? To mirror and image a certain culture towards idolatry. So because of reality TV, social media, technology, and whatever talk shows are still available, we become bored with, quote, normal people. You was so funny. I was talking to the girls before church. No, I was doing the fellowship meal. I, I was talking to the girls and, and the channel out there. Um, excuse me. And that dreaded B word came up. Bored. And um, I said, "How can you be bored? You got TikTok." <laughs> and but what you know, but what they said was TikTok gets old. I said, "I'm sure it does. There's only so much scrolling and, and jump editing you can watch." But I was telling them, I said, "When I mean, I, I'm not romanticizing my childhood, but we didn't use the word bored when we were growing up. That word wasn't in our vocabulary." We didn't go around saying I'm bored. That was not in our vocabulary. That did not start until the advent of, uh, particularly smartphones, and then apps, and then social media. That's when you start hearing that word bored. We didn't uh, say that as children, that we were bored, or we didn't have anything to do. We didn't, we just didn't use that kind of language. But now things that seem, quote, normal are bored. You know, you try to tell a teenager, hey, uh, why don't you take your girlfriend to the park and go, go down the walking trail? That's boring. That's lame. Because they, in, in, in their world, this celebrity obsessed culture, no, you got to do some stuff that's fun and, ec- and exciting in their eyes. What they think is exciting. You can't do boring stuff like go have a picnic at the park. I mean, that's what old people do. That's what they say. Why? Because of the celebrity culture, because of the obsession with that. Their cure for boredom is TikTok. Remember, today we have celebrities. We don't have role models. They're famous for doing nothing of great significance and something that's going to be lasting on or if it is lasting, is going to be in a bad way. Something that degenerates, (laughs) you know, something that uh, devolves society. You know, I remember back during the whole uh, Paris Hilton days, you know, uh, back in the, I guess that was late 90s, early 2000s, you know, when Paris Hilton was popular, they were famous for being famous. Like, what did they actually do? Nothing. They were just famous. Like, what does she contribute to society besides uh, degeneracy? And back then, and even now, the only way to become a celebrity is to do something extreme. That was 10, 12 years ago. Now the way to become a celebrity is to have a viral video on TikTok. To have a post that just goes viral. It used to be you had to go viral on YouTube like Justin Bieber did. That's how he got uh, discovered uh, on YouTube. And, you know, he was posting his singing videos up there in Canada. And all of a sudden millions of people start watching his videos and then it went to i guess facebook videos went viral on facebook and then now well twitter for people like me but for the younger generation you got to go viral on tiktok that's why you'll see kids in the middle of nowhere you'll see kids with a phone right there they doing all this crazy stuff you know that um What's that commercial, the uh, Mayhem commercial where he's out there doing a little, uh, you know, (laughs) that's a funny video, the the Mayhem guys doing a little, little, uh, you know, got the little ring camera doing a little dances and stuff on the side of the road and then the man looking at him and then running to the back of that truck. They just jump out in the middle of nowhere just doing something. I'm serious. You just kind of observe. you see a bunch of teenagers. you see them with a phone doing some little, I don't know, something. But they're doing it for TikTok. So that they can go viral. That's idolatry. You need to mirror an image to me. You need to watch me. You need to praise me. The Bible tells us, what, don't be idolaters. Flee from idolatry, but our culture is saying, no, you need it. You don't need to be a role model. There's a cultural appetite for idolatry. You know, John Calvin said the heart is a factory of idols. Our hearts are always manufacturing idols. No, we may not have the, the Asherah poles that Israel had, but we got one right in our hands that's 5.5 inches long or maybe a little bigger if you're blind like me and it's called a cell phone. And that's where all of our idolatry takes place. So there's some other things that we see in culture that point to this behavior of idolatry. We talked about this last couple of weeks, body image addiction. We have to know what people are wearing, how much they weigh, how much uh, work they have done uh, cosmetically The whole body positivity movement. In this case you all don't know what that means for the uninitiated. Body positivity is saying that it's okay to be 400 pounds. That it's beautiful. That you can't fat shame people. You can't say anything about them being overweight and unhealthy. Especially if they are a black woman. You can't criticize Lizzo for her weight. Although she weighs about four hundred pounds. She's a terrific singer. She can sing like nobody's business. And she's a flautist. She plays the flute. She's very talented at that. She has beautiful she's she's a beautiful girl, but she's dangerously overweight. But you can't say that because she's a body positivity influencer. The world says that is healthy. But we know that it's not. It's our, it's our idolatry, but we have body image addiction, and they can go again into into both ditches. You can either go to you know I remember in the '90s when I was teaching, it was like the whole anorexia thing. You know that was a phase, and the self harm, the cutting, and stuff like that. Uh, that was a big thing, like in the '90s when I was a a, a school teacher. You have the advent of shapewear, which is not, and again. It's nothing wrong with that, you know. But what is shapewear designed to do? It's designed to give the illusion that your waist is small when it's not. Um, you have women that walk around wearing corsets. Corsets actually squeeze in and constrict your your ribs and your lungs. But you have women wearing those tight corsets to appear to have a hourglass uh, shape, and they walk around wearing them all day. They they call it waist training. And those things are not in and of themselves bad, but again, the question is always, why? Who are you trying to mirror? Who are you trying to image? Who do you want to mirror and image you? And of course, another form of idolatry is hypersexuality. Um, You have the, of course, I wrote all these initials down, LGBTQIA2S+. Uh, I was listening to uh, Todd Freer. He has a podcast called Wretched Radio, and uh, I think it was Monday's show. He was he was talking about an article about this, and he said he didn't he didn't know what the I stood for, and the A, and he was saying the two S. So I I sent him an email. I said the I stands for intersex, or what we used to call in the ancient days a, a hermaphrodite. Okay, a person who's born with both sets of reproductive organs which is a genetic anomaly one out of maybe one million births okay but that's a quote sexual identity although it's a genetic condition and I said the A stands for asexual a person who is allegedly not attracted to either male or female which anyway and then 2S two spirit (laughs) yes I'm looking at way too light what is that the point is, it doesn't make sense. But they're included, if you see the letter, it say LGBTQIA2S+, and that plus has a silent P for pedophilia. Um, but anyway, we live in a hypersexualized culture now. Everyone wants you to know what they do in their bedrooms. You all probably don't remember this, but it was a time where the uh, homosexuals were saying, "Leave us alone." You know, don't, don't tell us what to do in our own bedrooms. But now, they want everybody to know what they're doing. They want everybody to know what they're doing in their bedroom. They went from leave us alone to celebrate us. You have teachers wanting to talk to students about these things. I didn't even know my teachers went to the grocery store when I was growing up. I would see him in the grocery store and run and hide. You're like, you are like, you go, you go grocery shop, Ma, oh. I saw Miss Felton in the grocery store. It was, it was like spotting, you know, them out in the wild. He was like, wow. <laughs> I ain't even know what teachers smoked. Well, I mean, when I was in high school, we were trying to, you know, because back in those days, teachers had the teachers' lounge where they could actually go inside. You know, they had to go outside and do it now. But when I was in school, the teachers, you know, you, you open a, you We didn't even know what a teachers' lounge was in our school. We knew Mr. Calhoun smoked cigarettes. We would see him sometimes at, at the games. But other than that, we didn't know who smoked cigarettes. We didn't know, we didn't know who was married. I didn't know my teachers' husbands or, or wives. We didn't know them because that's not our business. But now you have teachers wanting to tell their students that they have to know what they do in their bedrooms because that's the consequences of our idolatry, hypersexualization. You got people twerking everywhere. You got some big, like Chicago, you see videos all the time of, 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 of girls jumping on top of police cars, in traffic, in the middle of traffic, twerking. It's like, a, it's like crack. It's like an addiction. Like, as soon as the phone goes up, everybody starts twerking. <laughs> it's a hyper-sexualization, but that is... Idolatry. You're mirroring and imaging yourself to other people so that they can do what? Be like you. But that is idolatry. And then, of course, you have the idolatry of uh, sexual abuse. I'm sorry, substance abuse, uh, drugs, alcohol. You know, celebrity culture assumes that you'll spend a lot of time in rehab. That's what Drew Penske said. He counseled uh, a psychologist. He, a lot of his... Celebrity clients were in and out of rehab. That's the part of Hollywood that they don't tell you about. Adultery destroys. Your vices that you have when you go to Hollywood only get worse. If they're paying you, guess what? They're going to make sure that, you know, we talked about Michael Jackson. Found out at the end of his life he was a drug addict. Nobody knew it until Dr. Conrad Murray couldn't, get it, couldn't wake him up. Nobody knew that Prince was addicted to pain pills until he was found dead in his elevator in Paisley Park. Nobody knew that Whitney Houston had a drug problem until she was found dead in a bathtub at a, pre, a pre-Oscars party. Nobody knew that. But that's what idolatry gets you. It gets you to substance abuse. And then you have violent and dangerous behavior. You know how many failed videos on YouTube of people crashing and, and, and doing? Even America's Funniest Home Videos just take videos off of YouTube. Now, it used to be where people submitted videos. Now, they submit doing stuff on purpose so they can get on America's Funniest Videos. It used to be more genuine, but now a lot of that stuff is staged. Why? Because people want to be worshipped. They want to get that, what, five, ten seconds of, of fame and, and recognition. So in this celebrity culture of narcissism, people say, I want to be known. I want to be seen. I want to be worshipped. I want people to recognize me in public. Hey, that's that girl from that TikTok video. That's what they want. They want people to walk up to them and say, hey, can I get a selfie? You know, and you tag them on social media, and that's what they want. It wasn't too long ago where if you asked most kids what they wanted to be when they grew up, they would say famous. They want to be famous. Now you ask them, they want to go viral on TikTok. I was talking to, to the girls one day of, a couple months ago. And that's what they said. That's what, and the thing is, it's almost like gambling. The more money you put into those machines, the more somebody else is going to win. The more TikTok videos you post, the more someone else, you're not going to go viral like you think you are. You're doing something. Videos that go viral go viral by accident. But people that do them, they're like, this, this has got to go, you know, this man, this is a good video. This, this has got to go viral. how many millions of other times that that same thing you're doing has been tried? But that is the lie. That's the culture of narcissism where people want to be known. They got to do something extreme so that people will pay attention, so that people will worship you. And it goes back to idolatry. So what fuels social media is the desire to be worshipped and the desire to worship by those people who watch them. Everything is out there now because of the Internet, everything. You used to have to do something, but now you just don't. You just go viral and all of a sudden you're known. The media used to provide a filter for us. But now it doesn't. The media is part of it. So celebrities and these influencers, as people call them, they model idolatry and the culture models that idolatry. What they do, what they wear, what they drink, how they live. Celebrities' lives used to be private. You didn't know anything about celebrities. Even when they died, you didn't know a lot about them. It would be just kept on the hush. But now you know everything about your favorite celebrity. Their lives are not private anymore. They live in a a fishbowl. And so with narcissism and idolatry, you rely on the world as a mirror. You constantly gaze out to the mirror of culture for people to look at you And people are constantly searching for gratification and affirmation. What do those alphabet people want? They say they want what? Affirmation. They want to be affirmed. Well, actually, they want to be celebrated. Why? Because they want to be the mirrors. Instead of gazing to God, you gaze to them. You have to affirm them. You have to celebrate them. You have to worship them. But God tells us something that is higher. And so what happens is a steady diet of this makes idolatry more attractive. The more you feed yourself idolatry, the more attractive it's going to become. And the more you're going to become an idol being worshipped, and the more you're going to be an idolater. It's a vicious cycle. It never, ever ends. And then also what you see is all this behavior that we see, it becomes normal. You're like, uh, that's not bad. There's nothing wrong with that. How much time do I have, by the way? What time is it? Okay, good. So you have behavior that was considered Abnormal considered atrocious becoming normalized girls a girl see the Kardashians and they say I want to look like that I want my posterior to look like hers I want my lips to be full let me go inject my face let me go inject my lips let me go inject my Posterior, so I can look like them. Why? Because they're gazing upon someone. What seemed undesirable, what seemed uh, just out of bounds, now becomes normal. That's what idolatry does. That's why we have influencers. They wouldn't be influencers if people didn't do what? Watch them. They wouldn't be influencers if people didn't like their posts and share their posts and try to do those things that they're saying you should be doing. They wouldn't have a, quote, platform if everybody ignored them. But because we live in an idolatrous culture, these type of people exist. And they get paid, their videos are monetized based on how many views they receive, how many likes their videos get how many shares they get that's what it's based on in other words it's based on how much they're idolized and there are many many of them out there trying to do the same thing many people want to be idolized not just younger people but older people too but it's the youngest generation the Gen Zers that I is affected by the most because this is the first generation to grow up literally with this in their hands I remember uh, RJ to get his first phone he was 14 and Chandler to get his phone he was 14 but it was a fight why? Because all their peers had phones. I'm like, you don't need no phone. You're at the high school. You're at the middle school. Your mom is at that elementary school. I'm working right down here, so <laughs> you don't need a phone. You're right right here. But now you got kids at age one. <laughs> well, as soon as they can hold something, they got a phone. They're growing up with that screen right there. Like, as soon as they come out the womb, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> put the baby on the mama's breast. Put the phone in the baby's hand. There you go. You know, you got your first iPhone. There's no such thing as Android. So, but anyway, uh, I kid. But um, you know, they, they get their first phone like when they're one year old, when they're able to hold it. You see little kids walking around with with, with the phones. That it, you know. So, but they get on these apps and they see these things. They see these people. Girls used to imitate their favorite pop singers. Now they're imitating influencers. Boys just break stuff now. Boys just fight. Boys want to become girls. Instead of doing boy stuff, boys now I want to try to be girls and girls want to try to be boys it is idolatry that's what this effect has had and once that becomes normal nobody says anything about it anymore people see it and just kind of shrug like mm, yeah okay It doesn't shock us anymore. But it should. And technology. Used to reflect the celebrity. In an effort to become one. That's what it's used for. It's used to do that. We use technology to reflect. A celebrity. In order to become one ourselves. That's what people want to do. So when God. When Paul was telling. The Corinthians don't be idolaters. flee from idolatry. That takes the work of the Holy Spirit in us and we have to fight it every day because remember as I referenced uh, John Calvin. The human heart is a factory of idols. We may want God but we want something else more. This is what A.W. Tozer said. He says we may want God. But we want something else more. And we get what we want the most. So A.W. Tozer said that is so true. We do want God. But we want something else more. That is how our hearts are. And whatever we want the most. That's what we get. If we want God. The most, then guess what? We're gonna get God. But if we want something else the most, guess what? We're gonna forsake God to get that. That's what idolatry looks like. Well we want something. Israel, they have received the Ten Commandments from Moses in Exodus 20. And not even a few days later. They fell into idol worship in Exodus 32. You should have no other gods before me. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. You shall have no other gods before me. You should not worship any graven image. First two commandments Moses goes up into the mountain people get restless and they coax Aaron who's the high priest let us make a golden calf take off all your rings take off all your jewelry let's melt it down let's make this calf worship the calf the people rose up to eat and to drink this is who brought you out of Egypt this golden calf as for that Moses God was angry with them. Why? Because, as Tosa said, they wanted something else more. That's what idolatry does. We say to God, God, I love you. I praise you. I appreciate you. I sing to you. You know, I pray to you. I read the word. But I want something more. And I want that thing more. That's what all this that I talk about looks like. Those who in the culture that do it, they want something else more than God. And guess what? They go after it. Whatever you go after the most is what you want. People who want to be worshipped, they're going to go after that hard. They are going to keep posting, 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 until they get it. And most of them, guess what? They don't get it. But they keep doing it anyway because they think one day it's going to happen. One day I'm going to go viral. One day I'm going to win the lottery. (laughs) I'm going to keep driving down to Georgia to exit 5 and Tallapoosa keep buying tickets. Keep doing scratch-offs. One day I'm going to hit that billion-dollar jackpot. It never happens. People do the same with worship. And like I was telling the young people on Sunday. You'd never be satisfied. It's a fool's errand. Idolatry will always lie to you. Idols lie to its worshipers. Idols lie to their worshippers. Idols, idols tell you, yes, you will get this, you will get that. But the worshippers end up being empty. It's an empty pursuit because, hey, once that happens, I told my high school, uh, when I I used to teach high school, I used to tell the seniors, I used to always like busting the bubble of seniors (laughs) in a loving way. I told the seniors, uh, the last group of seniors I taught, I said, the day after you graduate from high school, you're going to have one of the most emptiest feelings of your life. You know, Graduation night, man, you're gonna be excited. Everybody happy, taking pictures, you know, which is good. Hey, I did it, and I was a sinner, so I got it in with my boys at the club, you know, my graduation night, you know. But the next day, like, what's next? And a lot of people say, good? you know what? You were right. It's the most emptiest feeling. Yeah, that great accomplishment of graduating." And all that celebration, which is fine, but then the next day, I'm like, "Man, where'd all that go?" I can't, I can't relive that moment again because nothing in this world is meant to satisfy us. No one is meant, no one is meant to satisfy, satisfy us, but our Creator. That's what our doctor does to you. It lies to you. It tells you this is the best you ever had the best day ever before but then the next day is not the best i remember best day ever was a thing about what maybe five six seven years ago you know this is the best day ever they don't say the next best the next day is the best it's like man i had the best day ever but then the next day is like okay yeah or i had the best week ever or you know But after this, oh, okay. All right. Back down to earth. Why? Because the things of this world are not made to satisfy. But idolatry lies. Idols lie. Idols also break our hearts. They promise us the world. But they bring us misery. What did God say about idols in the Psalms? That they have eyes, but they cannot hear. They have hands, but they cannot touch they have uh, the eyes but cannot see ears but they cannot hear hands but they cannot touch feet but they cannot walk they can't do anything and those who worship them will be like them you're going to be just as helpless and hopeless as they are Idols can't do anything they're just there they have eyes metaphorically but they cannot see those idols will not calm your fears in the middle of the night when your worries keep you from sleeping used to be a thing on Facebook where you're up at 2 o'clock in the morning and you say who's up (laughs) who's up with me why because your idols they, they, they can't rest your soul they can't bring rest to your soul they will break your heart why? Because they are never meant to replace God. That's what happened with Israel. When they worship around that golden calf, God disciplined them. Disciplined them. And lastly, idols destroy their worshipers. We have so many examples people in celebrity culture who have been destroyed by it's the sin of idolatry whether it's in the form of alcohol drugs suicide whatever the case may be at the root of all that is idolatry they believe the lie that if you become famous everybody will worship you everybody will adore you do you know we're not meant to be worshipped but we are meant to worship we're meant to worship God and to enjoy him forever. That is the chief end of man, to worship God, not to be worshipped. The chief end of man is not to be worshipped by man and to be enjoyed forever by man because man can't do that. Our chief end is to worship God, not to worship created things. As, as Paul said in Romans 1, that was part of rebellion of man, to worship created things rather than the creator God who is blessed forever. We are not meant to be worshipped. We're not meant to be worshipped. We can't have false humility either. You know, if somebody give you a compliment, like, oh no, no. Nah. Yeah, right, you know you like that. <laughs> you know you had that false humility sometimes somebody give you a compliment. Oh, you look nice today. Oh no, nah yeah right you know you're like oh thank you I appreciate it you know (laughs) or else you wouldn't be dressing nice right okay so don't have false humility about it but we were created to worship God that's what God brought Israel out of Egypt for to worship him he's the one who brought them out of Egypt not the calf not the idol the idol had nothing to do with him bringing them out of slavery as a people So idolatry is easy for all of us to fall into. And may God help us when we see ourselves given into idolatry. Because it's so easy for us to do for all of us. Things that we don't think are idols can be. Things that we feel that we need more than God. It could be food. It could be a relationship. It could be a job. It could be a vehicle. It could be a piece of furniture. If somebody takes that away from you, you feel like you've, you've lost your whole world. You know that you have an idol. You've uncovered an idol. Again, it's when you take a good thing that God gives us and make it a God thing. It's not that we can't have good things. We can't make them God things or ultimate things. Because the moment that we do that, we fall into idolatry. So let us guard our hearts against that. Amen. Let us pray as we close out. Father, I thank you for your word. I I thank you for showing us what idolatry looks like in our culture and in our lives. Help us, Lord, to not be idolaters as Israel was to not drink from the same spiritual food and spiritual drink and then forsake that Lord you were not well pleased with them and Lord help us in our idolatry expose the idols in all of our lives including mine and Lord as you expose them may we repent of them may we turn away from them and turn to worship you As A.W. Tozer said, we may want you, but we want something else more. Lord, may we want you more than something else. May we make you want you more than anything else this world has to offer. Help us and be with us, Lord, until we see each other again on the Lord's Day. In Christ's name, amen.